you are delegating to people that you trust. It was just me and I'm doing everything, the customer service, managing the logistics, doing the new product development, talking to suppliers. There is some kind of things that absolutely help you to reach the goals in the case of the short term or long term. Really, management is just about setting appropriate expectations and following up. Welcome to Dr. Amazon Podcast the emergency support channel for FBA private label sellers. We invite top Amazon experts to share the most efficient tips and tricks for your businesses. My name is Vitaly Hizniak and I am the CGO of Profit Wales. And let's get started. How to start an Amazon FBA business and then successfully sell it? Today, our guests know everything about that. Nate Ginsburg has done it while traveling the world thanks to the support of his amazing team. Today, he will share with us a secrets of unplugging and scaling businesses. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Amazon podcast. I will not make anyone wait and immediately introduce our today's guest. It's a Nate Ginsburg, founder of Sellerplex and investor and the entrepreneur. Nate has sold his FBA business in 2017 and helps now Amazon businesses and the entrepreneurs to do that in the right way. So, Nate, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Mm, thank you for having me. Of course, that is a pleasure for us. And uh, I would be glad to know more about you and about your story. We know that you have grown your Amazon business uh, up to seven figure and then successfully like sold it, yeah? And uh, could you please tell me, how did you get into the Amazon? Because it's so specific sphere to get. Yeah, uh, good question. And so I was, um, I was living in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. In mm -hmm. uh, 2013, I moved to Ho Chi Minh. And uh, the reason I moved there was because of the amazing entrepreneur community that, was, that I knew was living there. And it was mm -hmm. very like, aligned in terms of entrepreneurs that valued balance and also freedom and fun and, you know, business. It was basically a group of people that like read the four hour work week and then, you know, kind of did that and, and moved to Asia and started, started traveling. And anyway, it was a really um, amazing community of just, you know, kind, intelligent and supportive entrepreneurs and everyone was always trying to help each other out. It wasn't competitive, even when people were doing similar things. And so, yeah, I, you know, I was experimenting with a bunch of different businesses. I made some courses, I was doing some consulting, I was doing some services and things were going okay, but nothing really taking off in the way that I, you know, wanted. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, as a part of the community, uh, a lot of the people or some of my friends were doing e-commerce, which is what got me first introduced to drop shipping and then to FBA. And so there was uh, some people in the community, some friends of mine that started to, yeah, had some success with, uh, you know, selling on FBA and they were really encouraging. And, um, you know, I was looking for, I was looking for a business that I could yeah, something that could, you know, hit big. And, and so gave Amazon a shot and it, yes, I mean, started to take off and then shifted my focus towards that mm -hmm. uh, for, for the next few years. 
Gotcha. And I have listened to some of your interviews and uh, I have understood that uh, you think that entrepreneurs' best opportunity for success, happiness and uh, impact is to do as much as they could do the best, yeah, uh, but as little uh, of everything else. So did you get it when you start working and uh, like uh, studying with this uh, community or getting into the Amazon business or it was some kind of your mindset about that? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, and that it was a combination of things. And so uh, the first thing is really, really early in my career before Amazon, before whatever, I... I just kind of got uh, got experience uh, hiring on Upwork at the time it was Odesk. And this was for like the first business attempt that I made, you know, years before Amazon. Uh, didn't end up working out. But uh, as a part of that, I, I got some experience hiring and creating job posts and just kind of, you know, built my own confidence and, and skills to be able to successfully hire people. And, and so... When my Amazon business was taking off and, you know, it was starting to grow and this was really exciting, but also it was hectic. And at first it was, you know, it was just me and I'm doing everything, the customer service, managing the logistics, doing the new product development, talking to suppliers. I mean, you know, the, the, the different activities that are needed for an FBA business. And, and yeah, and so because of my experience uh, that I had from hiring and I just like, I mean, I had some experience, I, you know, as the business was starting to really take off, I started to look to hire people to fill the roles that I didn't want to play. And so that was the, the first thing. And, and through doing that, uh, that allowed me to, yeah, really focus on the areas that, that I enjoyed um, and that could add the most value to the business new product development, um, you know, some high-level supplier relationships, uh, but, you know, launching. But, uh, yeah, but a lot of FBA uh, entrepreneurs and uh, the uh, sellers, they are afraid that uh, if they will, like, uh, try to go out from these all operational things that they just do daily because they think that only they could do that the best yeah and uh, if they will for example try to delegate some of these things their business will just destroy it yeah so something will go down and here it is mm-hmm. we got a like zero in a case of all our or minuses for for our business how to do that correctly i mean how to start working with this fear that you that you're facing with Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a very common fear uh, and it's something that, you know, I experienced as well and is uh, you need to make sure that you have the right people in place to handle it. (laughs) And so that's the first thing is, you know, it's not just delegate to the first person that you pass on the street to manage your million dollar business. Like, you need to make sure they're the right people, put them through the right hiring process to ensure that, you know, yeah, you, you are delegating to people that you trust. So that's, that's one part. And then the other part is, is honestly, um, I mean, delegating like anything is a skill. And if you've never done it before, then the first time you do it, it can feel scary and you're worried and this is going to break and this is going to crash. And so, you know, you start small and you start delegating, oh, well, like, 
Uh, right now, I'm checking my listings every day personally to see if there's you know performance notifications or something. And okay, well, let's see if I can find someone else to do that. Like, okay, worst case, they mess it up for a day. Like, you're not, you know, it's not going to be that bad. Uh, and so you start, and so you start, you know, delegating one thing at a time to get it off your plate. And as you do that, you uh, build more confidence with the team that you're working with, uh, build more trust with them. So you can continue to offload things. Uh, so with, he, with here's like two two main uh, indicators that uh, we are looking for to get. The first one is some kind of trust that uh, you should have to the people and what they do. And the second one is like the track the performance uh, of all the things that they have done, something like that, like to check everything in the case of the delegating. We have, for example, a two main variants to build a in-house team and to hire people that uh, will like assist exactly your business. Yeah. And the second one is to do the same in the case of the agencies. Uh, is it also some kind of like uh, opportunity that we could use and work or we should combine uh, these two approaches? Mm, uh, can, can you say that again? Um, uh, so yeah, the yeah. approach I, of hire, hiring I mean, hire, using agencies? Yeah, only hire, only build the uh, in-house team, for example, yeah. Or to do the Versus same but, uh, with the yeah. yeah with the agencies or yeah, combine I, two approaches. Yeah, I mean, I think it, um, I think you can have success with both ways. Uh, and it really you know, depends on a lot of things and your strengths and your preferences. And so, for example, me, I'm very comfortable and confident hiring. And so my teams, we have, we have strong hiring and recruiting practices. You know, we, I mean, Sellerplex, my, my current business, we have like 30 people. We've hired a lot. We were, you know, seem to be constantly hiring new people. And so for us, it's, It's quite, uh, you know, we have a lot of experience hiring and filling roles uh, internally. And that's also because that's something that's like, uh, it's a strength of, of mine and of my business. But for someone else that maybe doesn't, isn't as confident hiring, you know, doesn't have that experience, then yeah, agencies can be a great, you know, that can be a great option. And so, so Sellerplex, my agency now, a lot of our clients that we work with are people that don't, they don't love hiring. They don't want to manage a team. They don't want to build, you know, they just want to get the work done and, you know, they want to delegate to someone that they can trust and, you know, Sellerplex can do the work. And so we're able to support them in that way. And so, yeah, it really depends on what your strengths are personally, what your goals are for your business. If you enjoy hiring, if you enjoy managing, if that's something that you are good at and, and want than building in-house. And if you'd rather just hire and delegate and offload, uh, then yeah, agencies can be a great option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have mentioned the management thing and uh, I would I would be glad to know how to do it correctly in a case of how to manage or maybe how to build at least like a some kind of the dashboard yeah that you could scroll and understand is everything is going okay on like daily or weekly basis I mean what main indicators for example uh, should we track uh, when we start uh, moving into the like this unplugging yeah and uh, moving into the uh, delegating process yeah so well uh, i think there are a couple of questions there um 
let's see. So the first around um, management. And so, so yeah, one thing I'd like to distinguish is the difference between um, management, which is day-to-day um, tactical, operational, and, and leadership, which is more uh, higher level, inspirational, and, and less day-to-day. And so I'd say me personally, my, uh, my personal strength is much more on the leadership side than on the management side. And so for my businesses, I hire a good manager who, who, who manages the team. And, you know, and I, I really thrive as in the leadership role, but to, to also some of your other questions and, and both are, are important. I mean, having good management, which is more, yeah, KPIs and, um, you know, there's some different, I mean, really management is just about setting appropriate expectations and following up. I mean, at its core, just setting expectations and follow up. A, a mentor of mine told me that years ago. Management is setting good expectations and following up, which, yeah, I mean, you don't need to overcomplicate that. And there's a lot of different tools that you can use mm-hmm. to set expectations and make sure that they're you know, clear, um, mm-hmm. how you follow up, how you communicate. It's like, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but at its core, you know, setting expectations, following up. And then on the on the leadership side it is is also important. I mean, b- both are to run a successful team, and and on the leadership side, that's where I really naturally thrive. And so on, you know, and that's things that you can, you know, I see that as ways that I can really have an impact on on the business. Um, in in I guess more in scalable ways, you know, I have like a one way communication. So I do a, a weekly update video for my team, and I share, you know, kind of updates at a high level from things that they might not be aware of. I, I use that as an opportunity to teach some new, you know, some uh, lessons. Uh, use that as a way to help build our culture, and so you know, and those are things that also get people to stay with the business, and so. Yeah, good leadership. A lot of it. I mean, if it's core, I'd say it's about you know caring about your team. Management is uh, setting expectations and following up. Um, yeah, I mean, can go on and on about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I, I like it in the case of the management because uh, there is some kind of things that absolutely help you to reach the goals in the case of the short term or long term. When you set the expectation and follow up on them, it's some kind of the, the you could use like different metrics as a smart, for example, as a, the OKR or something like that. Anything that could work for yeah. you and adopt it. Uh, into your business, yeah, it it sure. doesn't it doesn't mean that you should be an enterprise to work is you know, on the same understanding. But each field that you work in with, that is the fields that could be uh, surrounded by some goals, yeah, and yeah. some your expectations that you would like to do. Yeah. Sure, and and so and also to to answer your question about the the unplugging. Um, so the way that I uh, think about this and also teach this is it's. It's less about the, I mean, the management and leadership is important, but that comes later. The, the first step is to really understand and define your, your organizational chart. And so the thing is the, the shift that entrepreneurs need to understand is that you got to think of your business like a machine. And so machines, they have different parts that all work together to create an output. And that's what 
your businesses as well. There's different parts, things that are going on that all combine to create an output. And so when you're thinking about this, and then just like a machine has, has a blueprint, uh, a business, you know, the blueprint that's like the, the, the spine, mm-hmm. the backbone of the, of the machine that you're building, your business has its org chart, its organizational chart. So this is like the blueprint for your business, the backbone, the spine. And so the, the first step to, to unplugging is to, to really get clear and build out your, your organizational design. And, and the thing is many businesses, when they're starting, it's just one person and, and that's okay. So your first org chart, it could just be you in every seat, but the shift and what you, what you need to understand is even if it's just you, you're, you the tasks that you're doing are falling into different buckets, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a business owner, you need to be aware of this that, okay, even if it's just yourself, some of the activities you're doing are marketing. Some of them are finance. Some of them are operations. Some of them are, uh, I mean, HR. Mm-hmm. And uh, so first is, is being aware of, you know, to define what these buckets are. And then the way to start unplugging is to, okay, one at a time, you then remove yourself. So, okay, well, right now I'm doing our, you know, finances, our payables and, oh, like, I hate doing that. And so, all right, I'll hire a bookkeeper. And now, all right, now I've removed myself from the finance role and now inserted a bookkeeper. And so, you know, now maybe I'm still doing marketing and still doing new product development and still doing this, but yeah, have removed myself from one. And then you go to the next one. Oh, okay. Well, like, I don't want to be managing our supply chain. So, okay, well, go find a way to unplug yourself. And also to your question before about, do you do it in-house? Do you do it agency? It, you know, it really doesn't matter as long as you fill that role. Like that's, what's most important is just filling that role. And whether you do in-house, whether you outsource, whether you agency, um, it's just, yeah, filling that role. And so then one at a time, unplug yourself from finance and supply chain and Amazon admin and customer service and launches and new product development and all of a sudden, there you go. Now, you know, you've one by one removed yourself and you've got this organization that then you can, you can scale because now you're not the bottleneck. And so really the, the key to scaling is, is removing bottlenecks. And so, you know, and any, any part of the business can be a bottleneck. And what I mean by bottleneck is like, if you, you know, doubled 5X, 10X the, the, the business operation, then something's going to break. And so, you know, let's say it's, it's supply chain. Let's say you're managing it individually. And right now you have one product or two products and you're booking the freight and you're managing with the suppliers. And maybe it takes you, I don't know, 10 hours a week. Okay. Well, if you have two products, it takes you 10 hours a week. What if you have 10 products? What if you have 20 products? What if you have 50 products? You yourself just won't be able to manage that. Therefore bottleneck, you're not going to be able to scale. But what happens when you remove yourself and then you're, you're, you're filling that, you're filling that role, but you're also creating a building block. And so now it's like, okay, like this is the supply chain building block. And so you already have one person doing that. And then to scale, you've already removed yourself. You already have 
the first building block in place, then it's just adding another one. Okay, now we need two supply chain people. Now we need three supply chain people. Now we need, I mean, you can do a lot with three supply chain people, but I think you get the idea. It's just, you know, you remove yourself and yeah. and get these people in as these building blocks. And then as the business grows, and yeah, bottlenecks come up, but now you just plug in another admin, another this, another that, depending on the needs of the business. Right. Uh, and it can grow. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, I got your idea, and uh, I understood how to like define and simplify your operations. Yeah, how to to fill that and how to divide it into different bottles or baskets. Yeah, uh, uh, here, here, I I got your point. And uh, according to the metrics, I guess we have the mess here because the people could do everything by their own yeah but they do some some kind of the same mistakes in the case of the metrics that they are follow on the business because sometimes they see like not correct data that they try to keep uh, according to their like fba business uh, and uh, try to follow or optimize yeah because some people could say that hey look, look at my profits but sometimes they do they didn't include some some things that they uh, like, like marketing, yeah. something like that. How to work I, with that? Yeah. I mean, well, this is uh, a whole other rabbit hole, but it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's something it's, it's like so many Amazon sellers are so, they're so unaware of their profit and what their actual profit is. And everyone's, Oh, revenue, revenue, revenue. And like, I mean, so Sellerplex, we we provide some finance services, bookkeeping. Um, we also do um, some due diligence projects. We work with some funds, some aggregators, as well as individual buyers, and they buy a business. And so we're you know reviewing. We review a lot of uh, Amazon seller financials, and you know to be honest, a lot of them are incorrect. And the thing is, it's like you know when you're. I think a lot of a lot of FBA entrepreneurs, it's their first business or the first business. It was my first business that really, you know, took off mm-hmm. in any significant way. And like when I started, like I, you know, all I cared was revenue. Like that was sexy. Oh, we did a thousand dollars in sales today. Oh, we did two thousand. We did three thousand. Oh, we did five thousand. Oh, we, you know, that that was what was that's what was exciting and that's what I cared about. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it took me some years to really. You know, and now as a more experienced entrepreneur, I understand how critical knowing your numbers 100% really is. And it's something that's still so many FBA businesses, you know, they miss. They're, they're not calculating their cost of goods correctly. They're not, you know, they, they look at their profit margin. They're not factoring in ad spend. They're not factoring in this. And, and so they have these totally misguided ideas of how, you know, of what their business is, is making. And this creates problems, you know, they're, they, the, the numbers are important. Uh, I mean, one, you, you need them if you want to ever sell, you, you know, need to pay taxes, you need to have, you know, know your numbers, but, but they're also missing a whole other side of business intelligence that comes along from knowing the numbers and, oh, well, like, great, this product is selling, you know, a hundred units a day, but your profit margin is only, you know, after you cut everything out, you're only making eight percent profit on that product. And like, you know, now your cash flow is severely hurt because you're spending so much on this product and you got to buy all this inventory and your profit's so low. And yeah, I mean, these are these are challenges that a lot of um, you know, entrepreneurs run into. And and really the the solution is to know your numbers. 
Now I would be glad to make like a quick uh, quiz uh, in the case of your your life because everyone they know you as the expert in the case of the unplugging or scaling of Amazon businesses. But I know that you have a great like your story and hobbies that you also I guess will be glad to share. Could you please tell me more about your hobbies? I know that you do a lot of yoga, but maybe something more. Yeah. So I mean, I think that balance in life is really important. And I love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love doing work that's, you know, and work work is an important part of life and to have things that you're, you know, working on and have goals and progress. And it's, yeah, it's important. It's fulfilling. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's, I mean, income is also important and necessary, but, but it's not the only thing there's, you know, there's a lot of areas of life that are important. And if you want to live a good life, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of different areas that you, you need to be aware of and consciously invest in. And so, so for me, I mean, yes, business and, and I enjoy my work and work's important. And, and I, you know, that's a piece, but also uh, health, that's a big one for me. I mean, I love exercise. I've been doing yoga for almost 10 years. I, I, I go on bike rides. I go to the gym. I do acro yoga. Now I'm doing wakeboarding. It's just, you know, uh, there's so many benefits mentally, physically, creatively, you know, de-stress, uh, for doing, you know, doing physical exercise. So like, that's an important piece. Um, but other things as well, you know, relationships, family, you know, romantic relationships, friends, play, uh, intellectual growth, stimulation. Um, you know, these are all areas that like, in order to live uh, what I think is a good and balanced and complete life, you, you know, it, it's important. You, you need to be aware of and invest in all of these areas. And, and that's also why it's so important to build a business that you're able to unplug mm-hmm. from, because if you're stuck working in your business for 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week, you just aren't going to have time to, to invest and spend with these different, uh, you know, these other areas of mm-hmm. your life. And so, and this is something like, I really feel strongly about it. I mean, for all of us, like I, I want, I want you, I want all the listeners, like, I hope you're happy and and be happy. And, and, you know, I've been personally on a quest to, and still am of like how to live a good life, what's important. And some of the things that I've realized is that, like I've said, balance and all these different areas are important. And if you're stuck working all the time, then you're just not going to be able to spend time with these other areas that are important. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's why like, I'm really, I, I care. I'm, I'm very, you know, passion driven to help other entrepreneurs so they can, you know, build their business so they can unplug which gives them time to do more of what they want and live better lives and have more fun and have more impact. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, that's some of the ways that I fill my time and, and, and how I, you know. Great. And uh, could you please recommend a book or film or podcast for our audience that you would uh, recommend? Hmm, man. So I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Uh, actually uh, I'll recommend one that I'm, uh, that I'm finishing up now. I'm just going to, uh, check the title, uh, honest, this, yeah, uh, very relevant subject subject. It's called happy, sexy millionaire by this guy, uh, Stephen Bartlett. And, um, yeah, the author, this guy, Steve, he, he founded, 
um, or he was a co-founder of what became a uh, like a two hundred million dollar social media agency, and they, they they were publicly listed on the UK stock exchange. It's you know big success, and yeah, it's you know him. Like I, I really agree with a lot of what he he says in that book, and yeah, talks about a lot of these things about you know what you know it's like you think that you want to be a, you know, a happy, sexy millionaire. That's what everybody wants. But what does that even mean? What is important? Um, and yeah, he's got some great stories from his life and experience. And, and yeah, that's one that I've, yeah, just listening to now that I'm enjoying. Nice. That nice. Really I will, recommend. I will, I will make a note about that. Uh, I, I will, I will read it and I will let you know. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for please. the recommendation. And, uh, the last question for today, who should be the next guest for the Dr. Amazon podcast? Hmm. Um, well, uh, um, I'll say, uh, my, uh, uh, so uh, I'm an investor also in, um, a handful of other businesses Yeah. and, uh, yeah, one that comes to mind. Well, well, so two businesses that I'm an investor in one is an Amazon PPC agency, but I think you're a PPC agency. So probably have good oh, PPC. Uh, there, there is okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, well, well, uh, Okay, I'll, I'll throw out two guests uh, who also happen to be business partners, but both mm-hmm. are very, very smart and running, you know, very successful agencies. So one is uh, Brent Zaharadnik of um, mm-hmm. AMZ Pathfinder, and mm-hmm. then uh, Will Evans of Flow Candy. And so uh, Pathfinder does uh, Amazon PPC management, and uh, Flow Candy does email marketing for mm-hmm. email marketing and post-purchase funnels for uh, m- mostly for like off Amazon businesses, you know, Shopify, uh, you know, other e-com and yeah, I mean, both are, are, are great guys and both are running very successful businesses and both are very, you know, subject matter experts, you know, I mean, you, you know, I mean, from being a part of an agency and, you know, yeah. and, and, and me as well, it's interesting because when you're working with, you know, uh, uh, a portfolio of clients in whatever it is that you're doing, you, you learn a lot more and you get different insights okay. from, course you know, a bunch of businesses. And so, so yeah, those guys, I mean, they're running great agencies and they're also, yeah, good people. Um, great. They, they great. Good value. Uh, thank you for all these recommendations. We will try to contact them. And uh, first of all, thank you for all these uh, insights and uh, recommendations for our audience. I think that was helpful. And uh, I think that uh, we will come back uh, with another like rabbit hole that we have discussed with you uh, in the case of the metrics or for example how to find the right partners and i think that that was our first podcast and soon we will meet you again all right well sounds good and yeah for any listeners uh, if they're interested in more information or want to get in contact uh my team had them put together a, a, a gift or bonus for your listeners so sellerplex.com slash whale And um, there you can download our, our, our free book that we wrote on the, it's the FBA exit blueprint. And so this, this book, this ebook, uh, you know, goes into a lot more detail around these things that I started to share here around, you know, the different, uh, the different systems and foundations you need to get in place in order to build your FBA business so that you can scale it as well as have an exit. And so yeah, sellerplex.com slash whale. Um, for any listeners, uh, can check out the ebook and 
Hope they enjoy it. Perfect. Well, we'll put the link in the description and thank you again. Yeah, my pleasure. And that is all for today's Dr. Amazon episode. Do not miss our future arrivals with the new hot topics. Press the like button, leave us a comment below and don't forget to subscribe. We will come back to you shortly.